You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. It takes work to go back to your old way of life. You see what I'm saying? Because you're no longer there. It's been separated from you. And that is a reality that we need to come into as believers. That the old is past. It's gone. It doesn't exist. And if you're going to go back to the old, you have to work to get back there. When you move to a different city, you have the opportunity to make a new life in this new place. Now, going back to your old life would require a lot of work. Well, as Pastor Holland shares today, the same is true when you begin a relationship with the Lord. Suddenly, you've got a brand new life. Things aren't the same as they were because you aren't the same person. God is changing you from the inside out. So, like the Israelites going back to Egypt, it would take a lot of work for you to return to the way you lived before. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Exodus chapter 14 as he continues his message, So Great a Salvation. Well, today I want to call your attention to Exodus 14. And we're in a series entitled, So Great a Salvation, looking at the topic of salvation through the book of Exodus. And that this is part of a journey that I call the journey of grace. Last time we looked at the formation of the church. And we discovered that the church is not a New Testament idea, but it's actually something we find in the book of Exodus. As we saw in scripture, Israel is referred to as the assembly of Israel, which in the Septuagint, the word assembly is translated in the Greek to ekklesia, which is translated church. Uh, The church was called the ecclesia, the called out ones. And so the assembly of Israel is the ecclesia, the called out ones of God. And uh, something that I've said many times is that the Old Testament and the New Testament are seamless. You need both. And you can't just study the New Testament because the Old Testament is the commentary on the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you know, Augustine said it was the New Testament concealed, but I'm here to tell you that it's not concealed at all. It's right out there in the open, that it's in the language, that as you understand the Hebrew, as you understand what is, was, was actually being communicated, you understand that it's been in plain sight all along. And all Paul did was he taught the scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, the Torah. And that's the book of Romans. That's the book of Ephesians. He's just teaching from the Old Testament. And there are some churches that don't teach from the Old Testament. They say that we're a New Testament church, and so we don't need the Old Testament. Others say that we're, you know, we only teach the New Testament on Sunday morning because we're New Testament believers. We don't really need the Old Testament, and so they don't get into the Old Testament. And what I believe is it's just because they don't know the Bible, and they don't know how to communicate what is in the Scripture in a way that is interesting. They're quite boring teachers. And so when I look at the Old Testament, like Paul would look at the Old Testament, I see all of these concepts that are in the New Testament, and they are exciting. So that's why I get excited when I teach the Bible. It is an exciting book. And everything that we see in the New is in the Old. It's first revealed in the Old. And so today we're going to look at the topic of baptism, of baptism in Exodus 14, and we're going to begin by reading verse 26. 
In verse 26, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth, closed in. The sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. And so the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Where it says here, the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the scriptures, what it actually says is that as they were fleeing, they had an an encounter with the Lord. They encountered the Lord. I like that so much better. It wasn't that the Lord overthrew them. They met God. And we're all going to meet God. It's just how are you going to meet God? Are you going to meet God joyfully or are you going to meet God fearfully? And the Egyptians, of course, it wasn't so good for them. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, and not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Literally, it was two football fields high. That's how 600 is over 600 feet high on each side. And so the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Now, this is known as the Red Sea Crossing. And it's when God parts the Red Sea uh, and the children of Israel walk across the Straits of Tehran from Egypt into Saudi Arabia. And they go across the Straits of Tehran on dry ground, which is an 11-mile walk. It's 11 miles in the path that they took, uh, and they walked it on dry ground. In our journey of grace, it represents baptism. So they've been saved out of Egypt. Now they come to the Red Sea, and as they go across the Red Sea, they have a, an experience that is referred to uh, in the New Testament as baptism. Now, did I just make that up? Of course. I make all this stuff up. No, I'm just kidding. Where does this idea come from? Where does this idea come from that we refer to this as baptism? It comes from Paul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we read, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. God wants us to be aware. He doesn't want us to be unaware of these things in the Old Testament. That all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So Paul said they passed through the sea and that all were baptized into Moses in the sea. And so right here, Paul refers to the Red Sea crossing as the baptism of Israel. This is where they were baptized after they were saved out of Egypt. Now, what does Paul mean when he says that they were baptized into Moses? What does that mean when he says that? Well, remember that God is a God of revelation. I've said that many times. That everything God says and everything that he does, 
reveals something about himself. And so you always have to ask yourself when you're studying the scriptures, what is God revealing about himself? What is God saying about himself? Now, the rabbis, including Paul, believed that there were parallel realities, that we live in a parallel reality. We have the natural world, and we have the spiritual world. And they're both going together in tandem. And they believe that the spiritual world manifests itself in the natural world. And so when we look at things that are happening in the world today, we can look at them through the natural eyes and try to fix them through natural solutions, or we can look at them through spiritual eyes. And we can look to God for the real solution. Notice I didn't say the natural solution was the real solution. I said God's solution is the real solution. You know, we see this in the wars that are happening over Israel today. When you understand as we've been going through uh, the book of Genesis, as we've been going through the book of Exodus, we've seen the plan of Satan to destroy man And then God calls out of man a special people that he's going to manifest his glory through, the nation of Israel. So now Satan has changed his plan to now try to destroy the nation of Israel. And we see that happening from the very beginning, where all of the nations around Israel are trying to destroy them. And it's a spiritual issue. Now, in, and we see this with Pharaoh. You know, as we looked at in our midweek study, the language that is used in chapter 14 suggests that Pharaoh was worshiping Satan as he was seeking to destroy the nation of Israel, that it was an act of worship against God. He wasn't letting them worship God. He was doing everything he could to keep them from worshiping God. And the actual words that are used in the Hebrew are very key because they're not the normal words that are used. They're words that are often associated with worship. And so when we look at the world today and we see battles happening, Iran, Iraq, Syria, all of these nations coming against Israel, it's not because they're just bad people. It's not just because Israel got them mad and they're angry at Israel. There is a spiritual side of things. And what we're seeing in the natural is really a reflection of the spiritual the spiritual battle that's actually occurring in that part of the world. And so when Paul says that they were baptized into Moses, he's not talking about Moses specifically, but what Moses represents spiritually. And so the question you naturally would ask is, well, then what does Moses represent? Well, Stephen actually tells us what Moses represents in this Event. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. 
When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse, and we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. But before I read that, I want to also introduce another concept to you that we've talked about, and that's the concept of progressive revelation. Progressive revelation. That means that everything in the scripture is revealed in a timeline because we exist in a timeline. God is outside of time, but we exist in a timeline. And so when things are revealed in the scripture is just as important as what is revealed in the scripture. You know, for instance, when God uh, reveals to Abraham that you believed in the Lord and it was counted to you as righteousness, right, in Genesis chapter 15, we look at that term in the Lord and we realize that in the very beginning of the chapter that the Lord is actually Jesus himself. It's a pre-birth appearance of Jesus himself. And so when it says that he believed in the Lord and he was saved, it was counted to him as righteousness, what is actually happening there? He believed in Jesus. He believed in Jesus and it was counted to him for righteousness. So when Paul, when he says, believe in the Lord and you will be saved, It's not a New Testament thing. It's not something where he's saying that, oh, Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, and so if you believe in him, you'll be saved. No, it was that way in Genesis chapter 15, before the cross happened. If you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. So timing is everything. Timing is important. It's it's important that you look at the timing of things. And at the timing of the Red Sea, as we're looking through this progression, as God is revealing himself to his people, at this moment that the parting of the Red Sea happens, the law has not been given. God has not given the law yet. God is going to give the law when they get to Mount Sinai, and that's coming in the weeks ahead. And so Moses isn't the lawgiver here. So when it says they were baptized into Moses, it wasn't like a legalistic thing that they were baptized according to the law or that they were baptized because the law said to be baptized. It means something else. So who is Moses in this particular part of the story? Moses is the deliverer. Moses is the Messiah. He represents the Messiah, the Deliverer. And Stephen preached about this in Acts chapter 7. It says, This Moses whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge, is the one God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. And he brought them out after he had shown them wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty days. And so Moses is the deliverer. He represents the Messiah. Now in Deuteronomy 18, Moses prophesies that the Lord will raise up a prophet like Moses. 
like Moses. Who is he talking about? A prophet like Moses, who is a deliverer, who is the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. So who does Moses represent spiritually? He represents Jesus who will deliver his people. Jesus the deliverer. So to be baptized into Moses is to be baptized into Jesus. That's what, he, what Paul is suggesting here. So they went through the Red Sea and they were baptized into Jesus. Now, the Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creation. Everything is brand new. And so the idea that Paul is suggesting in this text is that is the newness of life that comes. And baptism celebrates that life, celebrates that newness of life. Secondly, to be baptized into Moses represents separation from the world. In Exodus 14, 28, it says that the waters returned and covered the Egyptian army. Now, you need to look at this visually. You need to like imagine it in your mind because it's like a, um, it's like a movie that's playing. And, and as you're seeing this movie, it's painting a picture for you of what salvation is and what baptism is. And when you cross the Red Sea, you know, you kind of, you're one of the children of Israel, you're crossing the Red Sea, you look back, the, the waters are closing in over the Egyptians, and as I look back and the water has completely closed, what do I see on the other side of the water? Egypt, right? Egypt is over there, I'm now on what we know today as Saudi Arabia, so I'm on the Saudi Arabian Peninsula, Egypt is across the water. Now, can I get back to Egypt? No. I am completely separated from Egypt. Completely cut off from the old life. It's gone. I can't go back. There is no going back. Unless I make a little boat, you know, and like paddle back, which takes work. It takes work to go back to your old way of life. You see what I'm saying? Because you're no longer there. It's been separated from you. And that is a reality that we need to come into as believers. That the old is past. It's gone. It doesn't exist. And if you're going to go back to the old, you have to work to get back there. You have to work to recreate it. You have to work to now sell to your friends that you're someone different. I remember there was a, a time in my walk when I, when I questioned the place where we were at at the time. You know, my unchristian friends were more friendly to me than my Christian friends were. You know, my unchristian friends were like, hey, why don't you come hang out with us? And our, my Christian friends weren't, you know, weren't calling me up, weren't inviting me over and, and so I thought, well, you know, okay, I'll hang out with the worldly friends. I mean, they want to hang out with me at, le at least. And I remember, you know, they're, they're like, you know, hanging out with me. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, let's have a beer together. Yeah, no big deal, you know. I mean, you know, it's like we're all whatever. And they're looking at me and they're like, can you do that? Aren't you a Christian? 
Is that, I mean, do, you, do Christians do that? Like I have the non-Christians telling me, the Christian, how a Christian is supposed to act. Do you see what I'm saying? How crazy that is? It's like, and then I had to sell them on the idea. Oh no, it's, it's fine. It's, you know, it's like, yeah, we do this all the time. Yeah, they weren't buying it. In fact, they said, listen, just get out of here. You don't belong here. They had enough sense to know that they were separate from me. They had enough sense to know that there was something different about my life. And they had enough integrity to say to me at that time, listen, you go be who you are. We know who we are. You go be who you are. And so they kicked me out of their little group. So now I had no friends. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're separated from the world. And baptism represents that separation. Third, to be baptized into Moses represents the salvation of the Lord. In verse 13 of Exodus 14, Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. When he said stand still, it literally means do absolutely nothing. Do absolutely nothing. There is nothing you can do to save yourself. There is nothing we can do to save ourselves. It's not by works that any man should boast. There's nothing we can do. We just have to stand still and be quiet and let God work. God says the Egyptians you see today, you will see no more forever. And when God said that, he was announcing a permanent change in the life of Israel. This is a forever change. It's a permanent change. And when the waters closed on the Egyptian army, it represents that the enemy is defeated, the enemy is destroyed, the enemy is annihilated, and his power is overthrown. He has had an encounter with God, and he lost. That's what it means. And I am now a free person. And the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is... Free indeed. Really free is what it means. You are truly free. There is no freedom apart from Jesus. There's only one way to be free. And so, as they went into the Red Sea, into the water, you notice on what they're leaving behind. They're leaving behind Egypt. They're leaving behind the world. Egypt represents the world. They're leaving behind bondage, their chains, the bondage to sin. They're leaving that behind. I hope you enjoyed the program today. You know, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
You know, there's going to be a day when all of us are going to stand before Jesus, and only those who have surrendered their life to Him will spend eternity with Him. Don't you want to be part of those that spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? You can pray this simple prayer and mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I confess that you have raised from the dead. Forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. If you've prayed that prayer, then I can say with assurance that you will be saved on that day. Thanks for tuning in today to Worship Life Radio. We're so glad you were able to join us for a time of Bible study, and we pray it's been a blessing to you. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Holland, you can find them online at calvarysanclemente.org. There, you'll also learn about Calvary San Clemente, the church behind this ministry. We'd love for you to join us for worship this weekend, either in person or online. Find all the information you need on our website. Again, that's calvarysanclemente.org. As we wrap up today's message, we'd like to offer an opportunity for you to partner with us in spreading the good news of the gospel. Would you join us in praying for those listening with you to Pastor Holland's message? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be turned toward the truth and love of Jesus, and pray for salvation to be found by many. Would you pray, too, about supporting the ministry of Worship Life Radio through financial giving? We use every amount given, no matter the size, for this program and expanding its reach. Thanks for praying about this. If you're ready to give or would like more information, visit calvarysanclemente.org. How can we be praying for you? It's our honor to encourage and pray for you, so please connect with us. You can email at info at calvarysanclemente.org or call us 949-228-9117. Again, that's 949-228-9117. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on Worship Life Radio. Have you ever wondered what it means to be saved? What are you saved from? Is salvation only about going to heaven? Pastor Holland's message series, So Great a Salvation, will answer these questions and help you discover the rich, abundant life salvation brings. Order your personal copy of So Great a Salvation at worshipliferadio.com.